This, yeah. this is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen's husband. <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Dan Schwartzman. It is hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show here on Black Friday. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving yesterday. Ate their hearts away, watched a lot of football, and then shopped till they dropped today. I personally avoiding the Amazon Black Friday sale because that's always dangerous. Always stuff to buy. Useless stuff, frankly. Looks great. It's a shiny, shiny new toy. Next thing you know, you give it a couple of weeks and you forget about it and you never play with it again. And when it reemerges, you say, oh, yeah, I remember I bought that. <laughs> Why did I get that? Because it was a shiny new toy back then. We'll get to the Jets in their quarterback situation. What does it truly mean? About 20 minutes, Brian Costello from the New York, Points will, the New York Post will join us and break that down. Mike White gets the start against the Chicago Bears. Look, look, there's good and bad with that. I'll tell you why. Look, the good is the Jets realize they're actually a really good team that uh, with decent quarterback play, I don't even mean good quarterback play, I mean decent quarterback play could actually win a bunch of games. Why? Because the defense is really good. Why? Because they actually have skill position players on offense that if you can get them the football can do something with it. Garrett Wilson is an absolute stud. Corey Davis should be back healthy uh, soon. You know, Elijah Moore has been underutilized. He's pretty good. We saw that last year. You have to put the football in his hands. You got tight ends who are good. You just can't get them the football because Zach Wilson just hasn't played well. And even losing Brees Hall, who, by the way, is an absolute stud running back, the rookie out of Iowa State, the Jets running game with Michael Carter and with James Robinson has not been bad. And we not have terrible. We have a like press conference soundbite from Mike White. Well, Mike White, yeah. Mike White, who last year was the AFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week, after he torched the Bengals' defense for like 400 yards and three touchdowns. He gets the starting nod. Here is White. Take a listen to this guy. Very confident. It's kind of is what it, that was it. What was that? It's kind of is what it, that was it. Ah, boy. I hope he plays better than he talks. <laughs> That was deep. Really that was deep. Right? That was really deep. So it's like he's reaching. That was it. You know what it is, Art? He's like reaching for the cliche because he doesn't know what to say, right? Because like he's afraid. All these young players today are afraid to, to really say anything because they feel they're going to get in trouble. So they reach for the closest cliche they can get off the tip of their tongue. And that's an example. He's like trying to find the cliche and can't, right? That's kind of that was it. <laughs> oh, watching oh, this man. yesterday uh, is like a deer in the headlights <laughs> he's got that look yeah he definitely has that deer in the headlights look and what people kind of conveniently forget is after he had that great game against the Bengals I think he threw like eight interceptions in like the next five games or four games whatever it was as long as he can somewhat move the football take a chance here or there down the field uh, the Jets can't be any worse but that is a legit defense by the way that front four of the Jets, like they're actually getting to the quarterback and they don't even have to blitz. Quinton Williams, who was the number three overall pick, remember, it was Nick Bosa going second and then Quinton Williams, who had that just really legendary season at Alabama, his one-and-done season at Alabama. He was fantastic. Didn't play his first couple of years there. 
and then you know got in the starting starting lineup and was so dominant that when you grade that season, it's one of the greatest seasons a defensive lineman has ever had in college football in 20 years. Jets take him third overall. He's pretty good, right? Like pretty good. You know, not good enough to have been the third overall pick. Definitely first round talent. Eh, seven sacks here and there. Okay. Well, this year, Quinton Williams has turned the corner. He is a dominant defensive tackle. Better than Aaron, uh, you know, Donald this year. In terms of who the best down defensive tackle is in football this year, again, Aaron Donald is a legendary player, an all-time great, first battle of the Hall of Famer, right? He's been an all-pro every single year of his career, I think. So Quinton Williams and Chris Jones of the Chiefs probably have the argument right now this season as best defensive tackle in football. And Williams may be winning that argument. That's how good he's been. Then you throw in other guys, John Franklin Myers, who was released by the Rams a few years back as a fifth-round pick, great pickup by the Jets. Bryce Huff, an undrafted rookie free agent who gets around the corner faster than you know 99% of players in the NFL. Jermaine Johnson was a first-round pick the Jets traded up to get from Florida State. He's been productive. You know, Texas A&M fans will remember Michael Clemens. He was a fourth-round pick for the Jets, and he's been very good when he's played. So the Jets have incredible depth and talent on the defensive line. So the defense, and by the way, give kudos to the Jets. I mean, they went from having one of the worst cornerback situations in football last year, where guys named like Javelin Gidry are playing, to having the best tandem of cornerbacks in football this year, and potentially the best trio. Sauce Gardner, the number four overall draft pick out of Cincinnati, may already or is, you know, top three or top five cornerbacks in football already. And most cornerbacks have that first-year adjustment where the NFL game slows down for them, right? I remember Darrell Revis's uh, rookie season for the Jets. He started, and he was pretty good. He wasn't great. There was no Revis Island. And then year two, Revis, who worked harder than most people out there and learned and studied and did what he had to do, Revis became a legend and a Hall of Famer. But year one, Revis was good, not great, not a Pro Bowl player. Sauce Gardner is not just going to be a pro bowler. There's a chance Sauce Gardner is an all-pro this rookie year. And then you have DJ Reed, who they picked up in free agency, right? A guy who played for the Seahawks and the 49ers. DJ Reed has been just as good as Sauce Gardner. And then Michael Carter, the other Michael Carter. The Jets have a Michael Carter at running back who went to North Carolina. And they have a Michael Carter at uh, cornerback who went to Duke. And they were both drafted last year uh, in this, you know, third day or second day of the draft. So they went from having one of the worst cornerback situations in football to potentially the best. And that's how you turn around a team that won four games last year to a team that needs to make a quarterback change and bench to a former number two overall pick because they realize they could make the playoffs. And if they don't make a change at the key position at quarterback, they may not make the playoffs. So the good is the Jets realize they're actually a pretty good team right now, so they had to make the change at quarterback. The bad is you don't want to bench a number two overall pick because you invested a lot in a number two overall pick, and he has played poorly, but at some point you have to figure out what you really have there. So it's an interesting dynamic. We'll talk to Brian Castell in about 15 minutes. Uh, covers the Jets for the New York Post. We'll get that. Again, the U.S. men's national team. They are underway against England in a key World Cup qualifier. They're five minutes into that match. England looked great. Their opener, they knock off Iran 6-2. The U.S. looked, eh, good in the first half. No adjustments in the second half. They play Wales to a one-all draw. 
Iran beats Wales 2-0 today, so that group is up in the air in terms of who is going to, or who the two teams that make it to the knockout stage will be. NBA season rolling along as well, just no dominant team in the league. I like that. I'm a parody guy anyway. Always been a parody guy. Yeah, super teams are fun to watch because it's villainous, right? Like you can, you you either love it or you hate it, right? But you have an opinion. I think you should always have an opinion in sports with teams you like or you don't like. I think it's important. That's some of the fun of sports. You watch sports because you love your team, yes. But sometimes you watch sports because you want to see another team lose, right? If you're not invested in a Sunday night football, Thursday night football, or Monday night football matchup because your team's not playing, outside of being such a diehard football fan that you have to have your football fixed, you don't care if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Houston Texans, you're going to watch because it's football. The other is, hey, I hate that team, so I'm going to watch and I'm going to root for them to lose. That happens too. So, you know, parody is great. But super teams are nice once in a while as well. The Miami Heat were a super team, right? You had an opinion. The Boston Celtics, you could say, were the original super team with Garnett, Allen, uh, Pierce, and Rondo, right? You had an opinion. LeBron, the super team there at the Lakers, hasn't really panned out. Golden State, you have an opinion. You don't watch those games and say, yeah, I don't care one way or another. Ah, whatever. They're, they're all right. You don't, No one does that. If you're enough of a fan to want to watch that sport, you have an opinion on those types of teams, and you will watch because you want to see them lose if you don't like them. But it's not like watching an Oklahoma City Thunder game today and saying, yeah, I don't care. Like, win or lose, what does it matter to me? They're kind of insignificant to you, right? But a super team is not. But a lot of parity in the NBA in terms of just sheer competitiveness and viewing pleasure and projecting toward the playoffs, if you don't have one dominant team that you think is going to win it all, that kind of takes away from the luster of the postseason. Because, let's face it, it's a foregone conclusion that that team's going to win. When it comes to parity, you never know in a five-game or seven-game series who truly is the better team. Because they're so even. You're like, oh my goodness, Celtics or the Bucks? who really is a better team? Your guess is as good as mine. I, I don't, through the first 18 games of the season, I can't tell you that. They're both pretty good. Neither are great. Neither is dominant. Neither is better than the other. Same thing in the West. Are the Phoenix Suns head and shoulders better than anybody else? No. The Denver Nuggets, New Orleans Pelicans, Utah Jazz, any of those teams for real? Your guess again, as good as mine. I don't know. Golden State Warriors going to turn a corner. They're one game under 500. You kind of expect them to go on a run at some point as they get healthier. The Brooklyn Nets have talent on paper, but they're, they're one locker room blow up away from literally the whole team blowing up. You know, are you getting anywhere with Kyrie Irving, who is such a lightning rod of controversy, right? The day he comes back, you have a bunch of people protesting in his favor outside. It's a mess. Absolute mess in Brooklyn. The Philadelphia 76ers cannot get past their injuries. Harden's out. Maxie's hurt. Joel Embiid's missed a couple of games. I mean, they can't get on the court. They can't stay healthy. And that might be like a yearly type of thing, right? That could plague them the whole year. So the NBA's up in, up in the air right now as to who the best team is. 
mean, parody's fun, though. Like, you kind of look at it and you say to yourself, all right, cool. I, I look forward to the playoffs. The regular season bores me. I have to admit, like, the regular season in a lot of sports bore me because I don't have the patience. The older I get, the less patience I have. When I was younger, I could sit through a movie, right? Take me to the movie theater. I'll sit there for two hours, smuggle some food in, whatever. I love it. I, I, I love movies. But I'll tell you what, if, if it's my choice now to go to the actual movie theater or sit at home and watch on a big screen, it's not really appealing to me to like go to the movies. It's not the price tag, right? Although movies have gotten so expensive. What is it now? 20 bucks to go sit in a theater? All right, you're in L.A. I'm in New York. It's 20 bucks here. I don't think L.A. is probably much better, right? Uh, it's, yeah, it's about the same. I haven't gone right? to movies in a while. Right. It's 20 bucks. Like, I can go on demand on my TV and watch that movie for, like, you know, 12 bucks or $14, and the whole family can watch it rather than having to buy three different tickets. Right? I waited. I waited for the new Top Gun movie to come out on Amazon. Yeah. I've, I, paid I, I paid 20 bucks. I paid 20 bucks. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. You haven't watched it yet? No, no. I, I think it's this weekend I am going to watch it. I will tell you why. I have a, a cousin who lives in Japan, right? Because my mother's Japanese, so I have family there. So I have a cousin, and when I was young, I used to go to Japan often. And me, it was 1986, I think. I was, I guess, seven, eight years old. And he was a couple years older than me. And me and him, like he had the actual VHS of Top Gun. And <laughs> we funny. watched that thing literally I was there for two months over the summer, right? Summer break from school. We watched that thing at least three times a week. At least. Oh, Got yeah. The, I uh, paid soundtrack. 20 bucks. I paid 20 bucks on Amazon. I keep watching it. It's it's yeah. so good. And by the way, you can pause it, go back if you want to see a scene again, right? Like a flight scene, whatever it is. But the whole point is, like, I love Top Gun. When it comes on TNT, TBS, whatever it is, the premiums, I still watch it. I know every line. I know what's going to happen. Nothing's going to surprise me in that movie. But it's one of those movies that you're like, ah, yeah, I'm going to watch it again. Although I've watched it a hundred times. It's that good. So my cousin was in Japan. I guess they they do the Blu-rays or whatever it is. So he's been waiting. He had ordered. He was waiting for it to come. It finally got there yesterday. So I didn't want to watch it before he watched it. And he didn't want to watch it before I watched it. So he calls me up and he's like, hey, I got the Blu-ray. When are you watching it? Because I'll wait. So then we can talk about it, you know? So I haven't watched it yet. Hopefully, I'll, I'll tell the wife. Maybe I'm going to sit down and she'll take the kids for a couple hours. Saturday night, I'll watch it. Yeah. And the soundtrack for Top Gun is one of the greatest. Do you know who plays guitar for this? Who? Steve Stevens. Oh, wow. Legendary guitarist. Yeah. That's Steve Stevens on the uh, guitar. Oh, yeah. I see him. I, I'm watching the video. Yeah, it's Steve Stevens. Fantastic. What's your favorite song in that soundtrack? Um, the uh, Berlin song. Really? Take My Breath Away, huh? Yeah, More yeah. than Danger Zone or Playing With The Boys? Really? No, Berlin. I, I wow. always liked her. <laughs> oh, so you like her. <laughs> I'm not asking which video do you like. I'm asking which song do you like. But I guess for you it's synonymous, right? Video, yeah, song, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. all the same? Yeah. No, that's a Terry case. Nunn. That's they- Terry Nunn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, that is one of the great soundtracks in movie history. Like, that's great. I mean, Train Spotting was great. Judgment Night was a great soundtrack. Top Gun's legendary. Yeah, I got to watch it this weekend. But there's a couple of things I have problems with. Here's what it is I, I, I'm apprehensive because I love the original so much, Art. Like, I love the F 14 Tomcat. 
I think it's a work of art. Oh, man. It was beautiful playing. Ble- beautiful. This is F-18s, right? They're flying. These are F-18s. But, okay. you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. There's Don't a, spoil it. But I heard there's... A, there's an appearance. A little... There's an appearance yes. of, a, of an F-14. Because the only country I think that flies F-14s now is Iran. No no, no joke. Yeah, because, yeah, you know the story? We sent them a whole bunch when the, when the, Shah, the Shah was in power. Yeah. Yeah. And then when the Ayatollah took over, we stopped sending them parts. Not so now that, they have now they have all the planes without the parts. Well, not only that, but they can't buy planes elsewhere because of embargoes. So yeah. they have to keep these planes flying. Same like the Boeing's, uh, they have Boeing and Airbuses for like Iran Airlines, and like they have to keep cannibalizing parts because they don't have any. So their 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 Tomcat fleet has to be. It's like Cuba with classic cars, Iran with the Tomcats, yep, right? Absolutely. So, exactly. So. Uh, that's what you have there, but uh, I'm an F-14 guy, so I know I heard in in Maverick you there's some nostalgic moments, but uh, F-18 is not as nice looking a plane. But I will watch it. I heard it's fantastic, and uh, people say it's one of those sequels that is potentially as good or better than the original. Oh yeah, oh like yeah. Godfather Two against it. Godfather One. You know, most are not even remotely close. So I will watch it, Art. I will give you a. Scouting report as to if I liked it or not. I definitely. Which I'm sure I will. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jets in the quarterback situation. What does it truly mean for Zach Wilson? Brian Costello, beat reporter, covering the Jets for the New York Post. He will join us next to break it down. Hour three, U.S. and England currently in action right now. I'll give you a quick score update 13 minutes in. No score right now between the two allies, former rivals allies now in terms of countries. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen right here on a Friday. It's the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, 
helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. 22 past the hour, hour three of the Rich Eisen Show on Black Friday. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich. Week 12, the NFL season is or into it already after the trio of games on Thanksgiving. Remember, you can listen to the NFL in the NFL app on the Odyssey app on WestwoodOneSports.com via Westwood One Station streams or by asking Alexa to quote, open Westwood One Sports. It's sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The New York Jets with a stunning move earlier in the week. They have made a quarterback change away from number two overall pick just last year, Zach Wilson. They go with Mike White. What does that mean as they prepare to face the Bears on Sunday? Brian Costello, Jets beat reporter for the New York Post, joining us. Brian, first off, happy holidays, and uh, hope uh, you're not spending too much here on this Black Friday, my friend. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm not, I'm not spending anything because I'm, I'm at the Jets building right now. Uh, we just got out of the locker room and watching practice, so I'm saving my money right now. Speaking of uh, watching practice, how is Mike White looking as he gets to start Sunday against Chicago? Yeah, I mean, we only get to watch a little bit of practice during the regular season, so uh, there's not much to glean from it. But all indications are he's looked good this week in practice. Um, you know, Mike White's a very popular guy in this building, popular with the players, popular with the staff. So when And, you know, he showed what he could do last year against the Bengals when he threw for 405 yards in that game. So I think there's a lot of belief in the building right now uh, in Mike White, and, you know, we'll see what he can do. Brian, we know that Zach Wilson played horrendously against the Patriots and, frankly, has not played well in his first 20 career starts in the NFL. But if he doesn't have the ridiculously dumb soundbite after the game where he's asked if he feels that the offense has let down the defense, is he playing Sunday, or do you think that didn't play a role, really, in this move made by Robert Sala? I don't know if he'd be playing. I think it played a role. I don't think it played a major, major role. I, I think it was more about his play than anything else. Like, look, he lost the faith of his teammates with how he's played. Right? And then he compounded it with what he said after the game. But I do think it's, this is more about his performance than anything else. He was just, he couldn't do anything Sunday against the Patriots. And they had, you know, two yards in the second half uh, where they just, they just didn't look like a functioning NFL offense at all. So, that was the harder thing for him to come back from than the comments. He could apologize for the comments. I think they they went away, but he uh, it's hard. It was, I think it was hard for Robert Sala to look the other fifty two guys in the eyes and say, um, you know, Zach Wilson gives us the best chance to win." They, it, it, clearly, he does not. And this has kind of been brewing for a while. The Jets have been winning with defense and their running game, and not much from Zach Wilson. Uh, but he played. He had been playing better than he played Sunday, and I think Sunday was just finally kind of it. And I do think the comment did not help him um, at all, and played a little bit of a role in this. But I think it was more about his play than anything else. Jets beat reporter for the New York Post, Brian Costello, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Is this the narrative that you hear around the league when it comes to Zach Wilson? He is, uh, you know, elite talent. He definitely has talent, but a two cent head. Is that what it is? Is this mental? No, I haven't heard that so much. Um, you know, I, I don't. Th- I don't think it's like he's not smart enough to run an offense. I don't think it's that at all. He's he's pretty smart. It's just it, it, there was questions about him coming out of college, right? He his great year was the COVID year, and BYU played an independent schedule. And if you go through that schedule, 
There were not many games against good teams. It's it's North Texas and Alabama State, you know, which is different than Alabama playing them. So, and then you know his the big showcase game that year, if you remember, was Coastal Carolina. Yeah, and he did not play well against Coastal Carolina. So there was there were question marks about Zach Wilson coming out, and you know how much of it was just because they were playing inferior talent. He had a great offensive line at BYU. They were older. He had a lot of time to operate. I think just the NFL, everything's faster, and he just has not been able to keep up with that speed. And then when he's tried at times, he's turned the ball over a lot, and then he falls back in this trap of, okay, he's afraid to throw the ball because he doesn't want to turn the ball over, and that's sort of what he looked like Sunday. He just looked timid Sunday. He wasn't really pulling the trigger when he needed to. And so, uh, you know, I, I understand where Robert Sala is coming from when he talks about a reset for him and just kind of getting away and mentally and physically – They've just sort of got to rebuild Zach Wilson now, and I'm not sure how long that will take. I'm not sure if it'll work, but I do understand what Salah's talking about when he says that. Do you buy when Robert Salah says we, you know, think of himself as the future of this organization? We, you know, absolutely think he'll be back on the field this year. You think the Jets are shopping this off season already after spending a number two pick on a quarterback just a year ago? Well, there's seven weeks left, so I think there's time still to, to figure that out. But, I, you know, there's obviously this move is <laughs> tells you everything you need to know. Like, they, yeah. he's not the guy right now. They, they don't believe in him to be the guy. So can he come back in? Yes, because I've seen it before. You know, the Jets benched Mark Sanchez in 2012. Greg McElroy gets hurt. Sanchez is back in there. Like, they benched Ryan Fitzpatrick. Bryce Petty got hurt. Ryan Fitzpatrick's back in there. There's a long way to go here. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Mike White. The, the Jets play the Bears this week, which is sort of a soft landing spot, and I think they, right. they should have success against them. The following two weeks are at the Vikings and at the Bills. So I don't think the Vikings are ferocious on defense, but they're a good team, and they could test Mike White, and then the Bills are a good defense, and that, that's going to be a tough test for him. So, um, you know, if he stumbles in those games, we could see Zach Wilson again before the end of the year. And the Jets, I think it's also about where the Jets are in the playoff position. That played a big role in this decision. The Jets have a shot here. You know, it's six and four to make the playoffs. This team hasn't been in the playoffs since 2010, the longest drought in the NFL. Uh, that, that hangs over this building. And they have a chance to snap that streak and, you know, kind of rewrite things a little bit. And maybe if they make the playoffs, it's a different feeling around here. So they, they've got to roll with Mike White for as long as they feel like the playoffs are a possibility. If they drop out of things, then yeah, then I think you put Zach Wilson back in there and see what you got. And then decisions are made about you know, what you're going to do in free agency in the draft. Brian, I'm a, I'm a Jet fan, lifelong Jet fan. My hair has gotten significantly lighter and whiter Sorry. because of that. <laughs> I know. I mean, 30, 37 years a Jet fan because you couldn't get giant tickets back then, so I ended up going to Jet games as a kid. But here's what it is, Brian. You know, Joe Douglas, by all means, I think has done a phenomenal job taking taking a terrible roster and turning it into a team that has incredible young talent, a dominating defense, and you know, potential for long-term success. But he thought he got his quarterback, didn't, and that's a huge slight, obviously, on his resume. How do you assess Joe Douglas, considering he's made great moves, but the biggest move he's made hasn't panned out? What does that mean for him and the legacy that he hasn't addressed it? Yeah, it's tough, because that was the big one. You know, that was the big pick, was getting the quarterback right. And remember, they had a big decision there to make, with Sam Darnold, whether to move on from him, and they decided to move mm-hmm. on from Sam Darnold, and they took Zach Wilson, and that was a very defining moment for Joe Douglas. And right now, it doesn't look good. However, like you said, he's done a good job in other regards here, and this this draft class this year could be historic. 
You know, yeah. Brees Hall was going to be a rookie of the year candidate before he got hurt. Sauce Gardner is the leading candidate for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, they're, they're getting good play from Garrett Wilson when he has good quarterback play. They, they've gotten a lot of, a lot of production from this rookie class. And last year's class also looks pretty good. So he's done a good job in that regard and he's added some quality free agents. It's going to, it's going to be tough for him though if Zach Wilson fails to just sort of, you know, manage around that. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think they'll probably bring in a quarter, a free agent quarterback in the offseason. And like go for it next year. They they have right. they have to win next year, especially if they miss the playoffs this year. So I think ultimately, you know, Douglas could. I don't think he's going to get him fired, Zach Wilson necessarily, because I think he's done enough other stuff. But they're going to have to figure something out at quarterback for 2023. Brian, from all indications, it's a close knit group of guys in that locker room. You hear guys say, "Hey, I'm hanging out with my friends. It's fun playing on Sunday with my friends." Robert Sal, I think, is is a you know, home run pick to be the head coach. He has shown that the way he's handled the locker room and even his X's and O's, you don't hear a lot of clock management issues, things like that. Was this locker room from what you've seen and heard, Brian, being around these guys, was it truly starting to splinter because of Zach Wilson and the fact that there's such a gap between the offense and the defense? I don't think splinter is the right word. Cause I, I, I don't think, I think it was really directed at Zach more than the entire offense. And right. I think Salah did a good job of just, nipping it in the bud before it could fester, right? I was around this team when Mark Sanchez was here, and you remember they had great defenses. And yeah. the offense, especially the offense, always kind of lagged behind, but as the time went on with Sanchez, it got worse and worse with the offense, and you could feel the splinter in that group. There was basically two teams. I, didn't, I don't think it got to that point here because I think Robert Sala was quick enough to understand Sunday night that it could go that way if he went with it. And so Monday he comes out, and announces, you know, we're, everything's on the table. Where it basically, he, for me, the announcement said, Zach Wilson's no longer on scholarship here. Because that was right. always kind of the feeling. He walked in here. He was a starting quarterback. He was never challenged. Monday's announcement said, okay, he's no longer on scholarship. That sent the message to the locker room. Like, okay, he has to play well, just like I do, to keep my job. And then Wednesday, he, he makes the change to Mike White. So I think, he, I think Salah did a good job there of reading the room and getting ahead of it before it became a real problem. Last thing, Brian, you know what? Through all the negativity this week with the quarterback situation, although I do agree, I think the Jets have handled it well. When you take a step back and you assess where the organization is, listen, I've seen them with terrible GMs, with Mike McCagnan, John Idzik, all right? The list is usually pretty long there. Terrible head coaches, Adam Gase. Uh, look, Todd Bowles may be a nice guy, not a very good head coach. You're seeing that in Tampa. Do you, when you take a step back and kind of assess the entire organization and the team, are they going in the right direction with what they've brought in? Did Woody Johnson finally get it right with Douglas and Robert Sala? Well, let's give Christopher Johnson some credit because he him was the too, one who yeah. hired those guys while Woody was in England. So let's True. give him some credit. But I do think they are they're clearly heading in the right direction. Right? This team is fun to watch most weeks. It wasn't last week, but they have been fun to watch this season. Their defense is a is a playoff team defense right now. They're playoff caliber defense. There's young stars all over the place. Yeah. With you know, some of them are hurt right now. Breeze Hall's hurt. Elijah Vera Tucker's hurt. But you got Sauce Gardner, Quinton Williams is is a stud. So stud. they're going in the right direction. Um, you know, this team has more talent than than the last you know, since the last five or six years. The problem is what we hit on before. The, the, yeah. There's a big hole at quarterback. And that's the most important position in sports. And so it's nice to have a great roster, 
but you got to get the quarterback right, and they haven't done that. So that's going to be a big test for them this offseason, figuring out what they want to do at quarterback, because even if they make the playoffs this year, I think they're, you know, they're a one-and-done in the playoffs. I don't think anyone thinks this is a Super Bowl team. It'll be, just be a nice step for them. Well, like next year they should they should be contenders, and it's gonna be, it's gonna really be dependent on what they do at quarterback. All right, last question. I have to throw this in. I'm gonna give you three names, list in order that you think the possibility is or the likelihood that they're gonna be a Jet next year: Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. Jimmy Garoppolo won because the coaching staff here loves him from their time in San Francisco. I mean, the only question is, does Jimmy win the Super Bowl with San Francisco and end up staying there? Uh, I would go Derek Carr, too, because I think Carr makes a lot of sense uh, as well as a guy who can come in here and, and run things efficiently. I think Aaron Rodgers is three. I, I, you know, The money with Aaron Rodgers makes me pause. So That's a big contract to take on. And also, so part of the narrative, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, is going to be he didn't like Matt LaFleur, right? right. Well, the Jets <laughs> offensive coordinator's name is Mike LaFleur, and that's his, it's Matt LaFleur's little brother. <laughs> so I, just, I don't see Aaron going from one LaFleur to another. Um, I, I I think Garoppolo and Carr make a lot more sense. Unless he wants to stick it to Matt Lafleur. Ha! I can win with your brother. I can't win with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he does that. Who knows? Aaron Aaron's a tricky guy to read. Uh, he's not fun to talk to. I've tried. I've tried a couple of times. <laughs> There's no question <laughs> about that. Brian Costello, New York Jets beat reporter for the New York Post. Brian, happy holidays. Appreciate the time. You too. Thanks for having me. Great stuff there from Brian Costello. Yeah. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing, man, that is intriguing to say the least. Like, he's not young, right? I mean, he's thirty-seven, right? He looks like a John Wick character these days with that crazy hair of his. I mean, in fact, he looks. Can I say it? Does he look ridiculous, Art? Is that fair to say? He looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Like he's trying to be like a biker guy, but he's not a biker guy. He's Aaron Rodgers, right? I don't think the skills have diminished. I think he just. I think he's checked out. He's 38, actually. He just turned... Well, wait, wait a minute. He's going to be... Yeah, he just turned... Uh, how old is he? He's 30... He'll be 39, by the way, in a week. December 2nd, he turns 39. Wow! So Aaron Rodgers is going to be 39 years old. Here. Just for everybody out there in Packerland and yourself today. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Relax. He's a strange cat, but he's great. One of the greatest quarterbacks in history. He is. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is over four and a half touchdowns to, to, to interceptions. He finally threw his 100th interception this year, Art. Finally. Wow. And what is this, year 17, right? I mean, he finally reached 100 interceptions. He is, in fact, he has not had a season with double-digit interceptions since 2010. That's insane. That's amazing. 2010. He's got 7 and 11 games. He could get it this year, but I don't think so. He hasn't actually thrown seven interceptions in a season art since 2016. He's automatic. But uh, I don't think it's, look, you know, Drew Brees played till he's like 42, 43, whatever. Brady's playing at 45, still playing at a pretty high level. If you think you are a quarterback away from potentially winning the Super Bowl, and the Jets legitimately might be a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl, I don't know what Green Bay can get for a 39-year-old quarterback, right? Maybe a day-two pick? Maybe a conditional type of pick? Like it's a second-rounder or a third-rounder, and if he 
leads you to the playoffs, it goes up, or if he leads you to a Super Bowl, it goes up. Whatever it is, right? I'm sure you can work it out. Yeah, you, it's it's got to be incentive. But here's the other thing, though. If you're Aaron Rodgers, like, yeah, you're making a boatload of money, but you're rich, right? You've made a ton of money already. So is it about making as much money as you can for one or two more th- or three more years, whatever you have left in the tank? Or is it about putting yourself in a situation to potentially win a second Super Bowl? And I bring that up because of this. Legendary quarterbacks need to have more than one Super Bowl win, right? Like, until Peyton Manning won that second Super Bowl, and by the way, he had nothing to do with that second Super Bowl. He played terrible that year for the Broncos. Everybody said, yeah, Peyton's great, but he's got one ring. Well, Peyton and Tom Brady, that argument. Well, is it really an argument when Brady's got so many more Super Bowls than, than Manning? Well, Drew Brees is an all-time great, but he's got one ring, right? Aaron Rodgers may be the most gifted quarterback we've ever seen talent-wise. And by the way, I agree with that, but he's got one ring. So if there's a legacy issue with Aaron Rodgers in his own mind, and there might be, I think he does respect the game, he might say to himself, look, I'm 39 years old. I probably can play two, maybe three years. Maybe, I don't know, if I want to be Tom Brady, I can push it, but... I, you know, probably not going to, the Jets have a Super Bowl defense. They have so much young talent on offense. Brees Hall comes back, Garrett Wilson, you know, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, you know, Mekhi Becton's been out all year. There's talent, you know, so I'm thinking, does Rodgers maybe forego some money to go to a team that gives him that chance to make him a multiple Super Bowl winner, which changes the way you look at his legacy from what a great quarterback Rodgers was, but he only has one Super Bowl to, man, Aaron Rodgers. He's better than Drew Brees because he has won multiple Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? Or he's better than Manning because not only does he have the stats, but he's won as many Super Bowls as Manning. You know, that that's what it comes down to. So I think Rodgers will have to make that decision. I don't think he wants to stay in Green Bay past this year. I think to a point his poor play this year has been he's kind of checked out and he has really nobody to throw the football to, right? been kind of a terrible terrible offensive season for the Packers all right we're gonna wrap things up next give you a score update England and the U.S. at the World Cup what's the latest it is Black Friday Dan Schwartzman in for Rich right here on the Rich Eisen Show let's talk sleep number people because quality sleep is so essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature quiets your snores or your partners sleep number does that my sleep number setting is 60 my wife's is 70 10 numbers apart but it truly is the world of difference the sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable you will love it jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50 percent. that's 50 percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... 
the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. <laughs> that didn't win a lot of fans for Zach Wilson after the debacle against the Patriots last week. Connor Hughes asking the question, and Zach Wilson uh, not wanting to take the bullets. As the main culprit, that's why the Jets could only score three points after the defense held the Patriots had three points the entire game, and they lost 10-3 to on that punt return for a touchdown with five seconds remaining in the game. And uh, from all indications, Zach Wilson said his dad texted him and said, bro, what are you doing? After he heard that comment. So maybe the humility finally is seeping into Zach Wilson's skin. Possibly. You never know. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen on Black Friday here as the month of November has flown by and is coming to an end with the NFL. Don't forget, you can listen to the NFL in the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station streams or by asking Alexa to quote, open Westwood One Sports. It's sponsored by AutoZone. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Uh, you know, look, young players, especially at the quarterback position in the NFL, it's a tough job. I get it. And being in a powder keg like New York is difficult. And I'll explain what it is when people say, yeah, it's a New York bias. No, this is what it is. When you play in Jacksonville or Houston or more of the smaller markets, I would say, or, you know, markets where they don't look at the team as much of the microscope as in other markets. You go to a locker room after a game or after practice, and the number of beat reporters that cover the team on a daily basis, you can count them really with one hand. So it's not a lot of pressure, right? Like you're not exactly dealing with an onslaught of criticism day in and day out. Places like New York, or I guess even LA at this point, or Dallas, right? Chicago, Philadelphia, Washington, you're talking about many publications, newspapers, magazines. You're talking about radio stations, multiple sports radio stations. You're talking about multiple TV stations, all having a presence in the locker room. So you have an onslaught of reporters in your face. So the pressure's even more every day. 
And because it's more than just like one newspaper, like, you know, every newspaper you pick up and read, and although I think athletes probably should refrain from reading that kind of stuff, the reality is you're getting hit from all sides. It's a different situation. It's a lot more pressure. So there is a difference playing in a market like New York as a 23-year-old than it is playing in Jacksonville. It's just facts. And for Zach Wilson, you know, coming from BYU, I don't think he has shown he can handle it. And I wonder if this pressure has really gotten to him where it's all psychological. They, they talked about it being the yips, right? This is a guy that came out of BYU as an accurate passer, completed like 70% of his passes. You watch the tapes and beautiful throws. Now you watch this guy and he's thrown off his back foot every time. He's, you know, once the pressure hits, he is just a nervous Nelly, doesn't know what to do. Making mistakes, as Brian Castell, the post, just said last segment, uh, it looks like at times he doesn't want to throw the football because he's afraid to make a mistake. He's not, you know, a gunslinger like a Brett Favre type player who, yeah, you can live with the interceptions because there's other aspects of the game that are impressive. So there's a lot of mental uh, toughness that he has to acquire. And I don't know if you can acquire that. I don't know if that's something that can be taught fundamentals can be taught, right? Stop throwing off your back foot. That can be taught. Those can be cleaned up. Mechanics can be cleaned up as long as you have a willing pupil. And I don't know if Zach Wilson's ego allows him to be that. Maybe this is what will humble him. But it's just a strange situation. A team drafts a guy second overall. Now, to address other things, right? People are like, well, they could have had this guy or that guy. Well, Trey Lance has done even less in the NFL, you know, because of injury and also circumstances. And the way Jimmy Garoppolo is playing right now, if you're the 49ers and Garoppolo takes you deep into the playoffs, don't you give him a new contract? Or do you let him leave because you're so stubborn and you're all in on Trey Lance who has shown absolutely nothing and you were dumb enough to trade a couple of picks to move up to get him? And people question that move. So you can't say the Jets were wrong with that. Now, Justin Fields is the interesting guy, okay? Justin Fields, the last four or five weeks, has really seemingly turned the corner. Now, my issue with Justin Fields is this. Justin Fields is a tremendous athlete. He is. Unbelievable. And he is as good a running quarterback as we have ever seen. He really is. He's actually a fairly big guy. And he's nimble. He's fast. He's strong. And... I don't think he's got a very good pocket presence. He does show once in a while some pretty nice touch on a pass. We know he has a very good arm, but he comes from that, uh, you know, that cookie cutter juvenile offense at Ohio State where every quarterback succeeds and then they go to the NFL and they don't succeed. When you're throwing to five star wide receivers who are clearly better 99.9% of the time compared to the cornerbacks and safeties that are covering them, because in college, athleticism is a big deal. At the NFL, it's athleticism and smarts. In college, it's mainly athleticism that will differentiate between one guy over another. Trust me, I, I know this. I've talked to NFL players. And you can throw a football up, and chances are in college, even if it's not a great pass, your five-star wide receiver is going to get it over that two- or three-star cornerback. In the NFL, it's a different story. So I don't know about Justin Fields reading defenses and you know pocket awareness. He does hold the football too long, I think, because he is elusive running the football, it's given him a crutch, and I think he overuses that crutch. Yeah, he overuses it. He doesn't hand enough hand the ball off enough to my boy, David Montgomery. He doesn't get because enough he's on touches. your fantasy team? He's on my fantasy team. Right, and giving you nothing because you should have Justin Fields at your running back. So yeah, the exactly. way I look at it is Justin Fields is a heck of a running back right now that happens to play quarterback and can throw here and there. 
But he's not a threat to beat you throwing. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not a good passer. I'm just saying he's not anything special, right? I think the jury's out because NFL defensive coordinators are really smart and NFL defenses adjust. And in the NFL, they find ways. Justin Fields is doing a lot of exciting things now. I don't know if it's really sustainable. Now, it's like the Lamar Jackson situation. You know, the Baltimore Ravens have to decide, do we give Lamar Jackson the biggest contract in football history? I wouldn't, and here's why. Awesome running quarterback, but Lamar doesn't really beat you throwing the football. He's not bad again, but I don't think he's exceptional. And if you give him a long-term deal and he starts to slow down or doesn't run as much, is he going to be as effective? Can you win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson at quarterback? Can you win a football, you know, can you win a Super Bowl with a a run heavy type of quarterback. It doesn't really happen, right? Like Steve Young, people say, yeah, they were, yeah, but Steve Young could really throw the football. So my whole take is I'm not ready to say that the Jets should have taken Justin Fields. I don't know if that's the answer. Now, if they should have taken Micah Parsons, fine. Okay. Dude's an absolute stud. Two more sacks yesterday. But again, all in all, I don't know jury stood out. Could Zach Wilson still succeed? Sure. Quick story. Baseball. Roy Halladay, the late great pitcher was so bad his second year in Toronto, they actually sent him down to the minors, and Art, they sent him down to single A, not even triple A, to figure it out. Comes back up, the rest is history, and Dominant. he ended up succeeding. Want to thank Brian Costello, New York Jets beat reporter, for joining us. Howard Beck talked to NBA with the senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. Fun, as always. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Great week 12 of the football season coming up on Sunday. Always fun to fill in. For Rich Eisen, I think he'll be back on Monday. I'm Dan Schwartzman in for Rich. Appreciate you tuning in to The Rich Eisen Show.